Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Thank you. You can be seated. Good morning, Freedom Church. I tried to sneak up on Pastor that time. <laughs> oh, me. I was going to get him down there where we could see eye to eye on things. You know what I mean? About three-fourths of you just caught that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. And uh, I'll tell you, I've, I, I have been looking forward to this day uh, to minister with you all for ever since Pastor Terrell reached out to me. Um, he and I had to, um, I told him last night or Friday night when we got here, excuse me, I told him, I said, Pastor, I said, I said, you know, I hope you love me because you stuck with me for life. I hope you love me. He's one of those that, you know, for the first time for us to meet, I felt like I'd known him for years, and I had watched some of the services you guys have had, and was just so impressed with uh, with Freedom Church and then everything, and I really appreciate you all being here this morning. Happy Mother's Day to you mothers out there, and may God bless you all richly. I know, um, Oh, my precious wife and I, we've been married for uh, November the 9th this year will be uh, nine years, ten years. Ten years. <laughs> I'm going to count on my hand. How's that? <laughs> she, uh, she, uh, she is so precious. I married way above my coverage, I promise you. And uh, God has blessed us with four precious grandchildren. We got uh, three granddaughters and uh, one grandson, and uh, they they are just precious, and we love them. And they uh, we have a uh, we got a ten year old one is about to be five in July, both girls, and we got a four year old girl, four and a half year old granddaughter, and little Easton who's seven months, and uh, he's trying to catch up with the girls. And uh, our, our our little five year old, she's five going on fifteen, if you know what I mean. She is not sassy a bit. Yeah, right. But uh, we're honored that you all are here this morning. Um, I tell you, I'm so excited. Um, the, the message that God has placed upon my heart this morning. Um, guys, I just want you just to, just to sit back, open your hearts, open your, open your ears, open your minds, and let's let God pump into your spirit this morning, guys. Um, yes, it's Mother's Day, and, uh, but I'm going to tell you this message, uh, yes, it's geared towards mothers. But I'm going to just be honest with you. It's geared toward uh, God is ready to move. And God's ready to bless you. And I hope you're ready to, uh, to take your seatbelts off. And uh, let's go on this journey with God and see what God has for us this morning. If you got your Bibles with you, I'd love for you to turn with me. And Pastor, I'm going to make sure I'm on the right page to start with this time. I had opened, Pastor, bless his heart, had opened my Bible up. He's following me rotten. He opened my Bible up, put it on this table, opened, and he pulled out Fiji water. And I said, I said, that's holy water right there. I said, that great value stuff is, is good. But I saw feed you. I said, man, that's a high dollar stuff right there. So uh, anyway, he get, brought all this out here. And I, and I reckon the, um, the air conditioning, the a draft or something had flipped my Bible page earlier. And I didn't even realize it. I get ready to preach. I look down there and I start. I was like, wait a minute. I'm on the wrong scripture to start out with. Oh, me. If you got your Bibles with you, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. <laughs> I will go ahead and tell you, if you're a note taker, um, I, I hope you are. I hope this is, uh, I pray that this message will bless you in the days to come. Not just today, but in the days to come. 
and I will try to, um, I, I get pretty wound up and I go pretty fast, but, um, but I will try my best on the notes on the scripture to, to be uh, where you can keep up with me. So Luke uh, chapter 1 verse 5, an angel promises the birth of John to Zechariah. Luke chapter 1, start verse 5, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. They were both very old. Verse 8, on, day, on one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Standing to the right of the incense altar, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or any other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people of, for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. As I mentioned to you a moment ago, I usually ain't one to, to title scriptures. But when Pastor, Pastor told me what our title messages, and when Pastor told me the series he was doing, I could not help but think that, that the title is two words. Why me? How many of you out there have ever wondered, why me? Thank you for being honest. A lot of people wonder why me. A lot of people wonder why God allows certain things to happen and why God may do certain things. Why God may not answer a prayer when, when we think he ought to. Or why God may lead us in a direction that we don't think we want to go. Or we don't think we should go. Ladies and gentlemen, what I want to tell you this morning, to start with, just like in this scripture where Elizabeth, you know, she was, she was, she was older in life and they had never had a child. She, she, was, she felt bad because she never had that child. Listen, you may be out there this morning and you may be that lady, that woman that's never conceived a child and you're wanting one bad. And maybe God, maybe God hasn't given you that child yet. Well, understand something. When you're living in his will, in his timing, it's not something we always understand. But God loves you too much to hurt you, and he's too wise to make a mistake. Listen, it might not be in your timing, but God's timing is perfect. There's a lot of times in my own life of things that I've tried to pray for that I've wondered why God hasn't given me, you know, what I wanted when I was asking for it. And then when God blessed me with it, I realized, you know what? I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready. Just like in my tournament fishing, I know this has nothing to do with being a biological mother. 
But in my tournament fishing, I've been at this a long time, guys. I've been at this since 1997, a long time. I've been blessed to have my share of success. But when you say, okay, in a professional fishing round, how many national wins have I ever got? How many times have I won Angle of the Year? How many times have I won a Bassmasters Classic? Zero. You say, why are you still doing it? Because let me tell you something. When God calls you to something, you don't quit. God called me to this. And even though I want to win, and I want to win every time I go out, I realize that I'm on a journey that I enjoy every second of it. I realize how many people, how many little young boys, young girls come up to me at tournaments. When I went out there and I've done terrible in my eyes because I don't have any fish or I don't have a limit or I don't win. And then a young man or a young girl comes up to me and they say, Mr. Clay, I dream of doing what you're doing. Guys, I'm so blessed that Lord have mercy every time I get ready to go out. I can't wait for that alarm clock to go off at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. You say, oh, you're nuts for getting up that early. Well, guess what, Bubba? I might be, but you know what? I love doing it. People say, why in the world do you want to get up that early? Well, come out there with me one morning. Let me fire up that big 250 Yamaha and get that bad boy warmed up. Let them hide a prayer in the National Anthem. Let them call my boat number. And uh, if you've never rode with a guy with a half an arm driving a 20-foot rocket at about 74 miles an hour <laughs> going up the lake, I tell my co-hangers all the time, if I make you nervous, just slap me on my leg. <laughs> I don't have a leg. <laughs> Actually, I look at him and say, slap me on the hip. I ain't had one slap me on the hip yet. My daddy took a cap out and wore me out with it about 15 years ago. And he said, why you got to run wide open? I said, because I don't like getting beat. Hello. <laughs> I went to Ross Barnett last week. told the last service. Mississippi. And uh, Ross Barnett's a very tough fishery. I go down there. In a few days of practice, I, I mean, it was like, I was like, okay, I ain't trying to brag, but I ain't this bad of a fisherman. I had not had a bite the first day of practice. And I was not, a, not, not called a limit. I ain't had a bite, okay? And I'm doing everything by the book that the fish don't ever read that, that you're not supposed to do to catch one. Well, second day of practice, I changed areas completely, went in this area, and so on. Within about an hour and a half, I done had like nine bites, had the right kind of quality. I was shaking them off. Because I didn't want other fishermen to see me that were in the same area. Yeah, we're crazy like that. And so my wife's like, well, baby, how you feel about it? And I said, well, honey, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, you know, if I get the right bites and I execute, I said, we got a really good shot at this. And of course, I, first tournament this year, I was all fired up, ready to get started. You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, just, I, I'm all juiced up. I've got the adrenaline pumping. Well, I go out there the first day. That's right. Come back in. You know, after my main area, I got me a big fat zero. I'm like, well, that was the way I wanted to get started this year. Got the second day, I come back in with the same thing. I did manage to catch a 12-incher, and it had to be 14 inches long. That 12-incher, I felt sorry for him because I caught him about an hour and a half full way in, and when I set the hook on him, he was about halfway between here and the wall from me when I set the hook on him, and bless the Lord, he come flying out of the water over the boat in the air, and my wife said, why did you jerk on him that hard? I said, because I ain't had a bite that long, and I said, you know me, I don't play. Well, I said all that to tell you this. Can y'all still see my tan lines on my face? Okay. I got in, and my wife said, well, baby, how'd this week go? I said, you see these wonderful, beautiful tan lines I got? She said, yeah. I said, that's my consolation prize. I said, I took my tail whooping like a big boy and come to the house. <laughs> Amen. Why me? 
A lot of us ask, why me? Guys, let me tell you why me. So many times in the Bible, so many times in life, like I said, we don't understand God's timing. We don't understand God's will. But let me tell you something, guys. As I told you, God loves you too much to hurt you. People say, if he loves me too much to hurt me, why did I get cancer? Guys, what I understood, what I understand in serving God for over 20 years is this. When you're in the center of his will, we don't always understand what's going on. But God has a plan and God has a purpose. And when we get to the point in our life, in our Christian walk, when we, when we serve him and trust him, no matter what the outcome is, we see victory. Guys, a lot of times what we don't understand is why he allows certain things to come into our life, whether it's terminal illness like cancer or whatever. We have to keep our focus on God because what we don't realize, sometimes he may allow that cancer to come into your body because there may be somebody that you go to the cancer center to get your treatment that don't know Jesus and you get to witness to that person. And the only way that you would have done that is through that cancer. God can move through anything. God can bring you out of anything. God can, no matter what can happen, if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. Let me tell you something. I knew a lady, and I didn't even get to share this in the first service, but it, God put it back in my spirit. i never forget a lady that I graduated with, or I went to school with her daughter. She was a year older than me in school. But this lady was one of my Sunday school teachers at First Baptist Church Hamilton. Precious lady of God, one of the most dedicated women of God I ever seen in my life. And lo and behold, she came down with cancer about four or five years ago. I think it was five years ago now. And I'll never forget the peace that I saw in Miss Jane's eyes when I went home. And so when I found out about it, and then I went home, and I went up to church, and I ran into her. And I said, Miss Jane, I said, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And she looked at me, and she said, baby, I'm going to be all right. She said, it don't matter what happens. God's got me. She said, I'm ready. She said, whatever God's will for me, and she said, I'm ready. Well, she goes and goes to this cancer doctor, and they tell her she's in like stage four cancers in three or four places on her body. They do all these scans and all this. She goes back home. They schedule her for her first treatment. I believe it was like seven weeks or something after that, or no, four weeks after that. Tell me, God, don't move. A bunch of people hit the knees and started praying. And started praying for Miss Jane. She goes back to the doctor the day for her first uh, treatment. And while she's in the waiting room, she ain't in there whining and complaining about cancer. While she's in the waiting room, she gets to witness to another lady that's about 30-something years old that doesn't know the Lord. Prays with her right there in the waiting room. Leads her to the Lord. Wins her to the Lord. The lady accepts God, accepts Jesus Christ as her Savior in the waiting room of the cancer center. They carry Miss Jane back there to do her, to do her, uh, her first uh, treatment. And next thing you know, the doctor walks in. And they just came. She came like a week before that to do another scan to see exactly where to do the treatment. Doctor comes back in there and he looks at her and he said, Miss Jane, May? She said, yes, sir, that's me. He looked at her and he pulled that, he pulled that scan up. And he said, you sure you're Miss Jane, May? She said, yes, ma'am. He says, why are you in here to get treatment? You ain't got no cancer. She said, there ain't no cancer nowhere on this scan. See what I'm saying? 
She went there to get her scan or to get her treatment. She won somebody to the Lord. If she had never been diagnosed with to start with, she wouldn't have had that opportunity to share. Why me? We wonder why me? Tell you why me. As we continue on in Luke 1, verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from the, his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, are you ready for this? Became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she explained. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Why me? Are you wondering, are you out there this morning? And let's just be honest. Maybe you are a, a lady, a woman, whatever the case may be of your, of your marital status. And maybe you're waiting on your first biological child. Maybe you've been trying for months and months. Maybe even years. And you wonder to yourself, why me? Why can't I have my dream? Maybe you wonder why you feel like God's against you. Because God doesn't want you to have a child. I want you to understand this morning. If you're in that boat. You can be a mother. Without being a biological mother. I'm a father. But I'm not a biological father. I'm a stepfather. We don't like the word step around our house. But I have two precious stepchildren. They're grown. Four precious grandchildren. My, my stepchildren's biological father travels with me a lot. We're best friends. We're husband-in-laws. Okay? <laughs> and that's the name he come up with a few years ago. And I love I thought, dude, that's awesome. I love that name. God has blessed our family unbelievably. From a point that, that when I asked the children their blessings upon to marry their mother, their dad was sitting at the table with us that night because he was already family. And he looked out at me and he said, and this told me the kind of man he was. He looked out at me and he said, Clay, he said, if Kim's going to marry anybody, I want it to be you. I was like, wow. I looked at the kids and I told them, I said, look, guys, I said, y'all got a wonderful daddy. I saw a sign one time that said, anybody can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a daddy. I looked at the kids and I told Brandon Brook, I said, look, I said, you got a wonderful daddy. I said, I'm never going to try to get in between you and your daddy. I said, I'm here for whatever you want me to be here for. I said, I'm going to love you like you're mine. They love to kid me to this day and tell me that I didn't have to worry about the diaper changing stage. I told them, I said, they said, you got lucky. You didn't have to change diapers. I said, well, that's all right. I got student loans off one of you. So I said, we're all good on that. But guys, let me tell you, me and my wife, when we first got together, and this is for you ladies out there that may be, that may be waiting for your first biological child. My wife and I, when we started dating, for, long, for time's sake, I won't get into the whole story, but she looked at me after we dated for about a month, and she said, she said, sweetheart, she said, I know you don't have any biological children, 
She said, I had to have a hysterectomy. She said, I'm not able to have any more children. At least the doctors say so. She said, how do you feel about that? I looked out at her and I said, baby, I said, I want whatever God wants. I said, look, I said, you've got two children. I said, I'm going to love them like they're mine. I said, honey, I coach football. I coach baseball. I coach basketball as a high school assistant. I coach softball. I said, honey, the way I look at it, I said, I'm a daddy to about 120 athletes. I said, okay. I said, we had church youth group. I said, so you know what? I said, we may not have biological children, but I said, we got about 150 kids, okay? I said, and I love them like they're mine. You say, where are you going with this? You say, why me? Guys, ladies, I could have said, why me? 43 years ago. When my mother gave birth to me, she said, you know, they didn't have the technology that they have now. She never consumed drugs, never consumed alcohol. She, she was trying to live in God's will. They were Christian, they were believers. She said when she went into labor and delivery with me, she said the doctor came to her and said, Miss Dyer, we're not sure what, but your child is going to be different. They'd already had one, my brother, seven years previous to me. He's got hands, legs, he looks completely normal. She said, something's going to be different, but we're not sure what. What I praise God for is that, number one, they didn't try to abort me. Number two, they didn't give me up for an adoption. I praise God that they didn't look at me and say, you know what? This child is not like we wanted, so we don't want him. I praise God that even at an early age, they taught me to believe in God. They taught me to believe in God's word. They taught me the value of prayer and believing in what you pray for. And just like with Elizabeth, God blessed me to be a miracle. I love how my mother says it. She tells, she said, when the doctor brought me in in a swaddling cloth, she said, it wasn't like the doctor looked at her and said, Miss Dyer, here's a new instruction manual on how you raise a child born like this. I praise God that my mom and dad never did try to wrap me up in some kind of bubble wrap and say, you're not going to play sports. You're not going to get your nose bloodied up. We're scared to death. You're not going to be a, a real child. Hello, guys. I drank out of water hoses and mud holes. I didn't call DHR on them. I was the one that chose to do it. Hello. Hello, when I got out of the line, my daddy, he didn't take my daddy, but one time I'm pulling out that 36-inch piece of leather. <laughs> and the first time he folded, brother, what's your name? Bo. Bo? Dude, will you be my brother, Bo? You got a belt on right now? Yes, you ever had to take that belt out and pop it? Yes, I didn't like that. <laughs> my daddy didn't have to pop his belt. But the first time, and I said, ooh. And then when he popped it across my backside, I dang showed it. You know those saying, don't want no more of it? I didn't want no more of it, let me tell you. <laughs> but I didn't call DHR on my parents for my daddy wearing my butt out with a belt one time. Hello, I didn't end up in the penitentiary. Guys, I'm old-fashioned, okay? Part of what's wrong with this world today is, we, and I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit here a little bit, but God's put this in my presence, in my spirit. Part of what's wrong with the world we live in today is we're too worried about getting a cotton-picking uh, electrical tablet in front of a child and teach them how to use it than we are the Word of God in front of a child. I can tell you right now, when my grandkids come over, yes, they've all got tablets. One of them's daddy's a computer engineer. God love him. I love him to death. He has to sit behind a computer working all day. And yeah, when my Wi-Fi goes out, he's the first one I'm calling. All right, Justin, this went out. Come over and fix it. But the point is, when the grandbabies come over, 
Sometimes all they want to do is pick that tablet up and watch, watch YouTube or watch, watch some cartoon or something. I give them 30 minutes. I say, all right, baby, you can watch it 30 minutes. Then we're going to go outside and we're going to do something. Or I take time to do stuff with them. Why? Because I don't want them growing up in that generation of thinking everything is electronical. Hello, we made it for many, many years without iPads and iPhones and all that stuff. And yes, I've got one too. And this, if I didn't have to have it to do emails on when I travel, I can tell you, baby, you give me one of them old Motorola or Nokia flip phones, and I am just fine. Amen. Why me? God is my strength. What does Gabriel mean? Biblical names don't get much sturdier than Gabriel. The archangel who visited the Virgin Mary to announce she would be the mother of Jesus Christ. Hebrew in origin, the name, the name Gabriel is translated as God is my strength. God is my strong man or hero of God. Mary was young, poor, and female. All characteristics that to, that to the people of her day would make her seem unusable by God for any major task. But God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of obedience he has ever demanded of anyone. You may feel that your ability, experience, or education makes you an unlikely candidate for God's service. Do not limit God's choices. He can use you if you trust him. Why me? Tell you why me. Flip with me over. Don't flip too far ahead of myself. Flip with me over. Luke 1, verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Ladies and gentlemen. Why me? God's favor does not automatically bring instant success or fame. His blessing on Mary, the honor of being the mother of the Messiah, who would lead to much pain. Her peers would, would ridicule her. Her fiancé would come close to leaving her. Her son would be rejected and murdered. But, look at your neighbor and say, but. But, through her son would come the world's only hope. And this is why Mary has been praised by countless generations. Her submission was part of God's plan to bring about our salvation. If sorrow weighs you down and dims your hope, think of Mary and wait patiently for God to finish working out his plans. Why me? The birth of Jesus to a virgin is a miracle that many people find hard to believe. These three facts can aid our faith. Number one, Luke was a medical doctor, and he knew how well, baby, how, how well babies are made. It would have been just as difficult for him to believe in a virgin birth 
as it is for us. Yet he reports it as fact. Number two, <coughs> excuse me. Luke was a painstaking researcher who based his gospel on eyewitness accounts. Tradition holds that he talked with Mary about the events he recorded in the first two chapters. This is Mary's story, not a fictional invention. Three, Christians and Jews who worship God as the creator of the universe should have no doubts that God has the power to create a child in a virgin's womb. God used the Holy Spirit to conceive Mary to prove how powerful the Holy Spirit is without sexual intercourse. Why me? Tell you why me. God can do what no man can do. God can do what no human can do. God took Mary without sexual intercourse, conceived her, gave her a child. And that very child today is one who is there to save us and love us. Ladies and gentlemen, I could look down 43 years ago, said, why me? God, why did you choose me without long legs, without hands, without fingers? I could have gotten angry and mad at God and blamed God. My parents took me to some of the best doctors in the world. Prosthetic doctors when I was under five years old trying to fit me with prosthetics. I tried them for a couple of weeks. Felt like they slowed me down more than it did anything. I looked at mom and dad. I said, mom and dad, I love you. I said, quit wasting your money. I said, I want to be the way God created me to be. Guys, God doesn't make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. Guys, I realized early on that I wanted to be the way God created me because God creates each and every one of us to not be ordinary, but to be extraordinary. It's time we all as a Christian nation don't say, God, why me? It's about time that we quit questioning God. God, why, why, you know, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Because when we trust him fully in every aspect of our life, when we follow his will in every aspect of our life, as God's word says, if God's for us, who can be against us? The devil cannot inhabit the praises of God when the devil starts attacking you, telling you that you're a terrible mother or telling you that your child is not going to amount to anything. Do like I do every morning. When I go down, I've got these little stairs that are about two feet tall that the steps are about four inches apart from my stride because I hate riding around in my chair everywhere I go. It gets me there faster and it keeps from tearing holes in my britches. But when I go down my little stairs in the morning, Brother Terrell, what do I do? If the old nasty devil tries to stick his nasty gnarly head up in my path, I say, in the name of Jesus, flee. Because we serve a Jesus that has the power in his name that the devil has to leave. It's about time that we get the boldness to stand up and believe and live out what God's word says and what God's will is for our life. And no more why me. I tell you what, instead of saying why me, it's time we look at God and say, let's go. Let's go, God. What's your will? What's your plan? What's your desire? What do you want for my life? Guys, 
Lord, Lord knows, people prophesied over me over 20 years ago, and they said, you're going to be a full-time evangelist. You know what I did? <laughs> I said, you're nuts. No, that's not me. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Hello, I barely can say it. I can't spell it. I'm a country God-loving country boy hick. Hello. I'm a redneck, all right? They said, you're going to be a country, you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to have all these houses all over. God bless you if you've got those, and God bless you if you use your resources to bless other people. But let me tell you something. I wouldn't trade my evangelistic opportunity. I wouldn't trade getting to climb up in my skeeter boat and jerk it all over the place with a Toyota Tundra, going chasing little green fish, because let's guess what? As much as I want to win a tournament, as much as I want my trophies to be full on my, on my plaque one day, on my, on my mantle at our house, when you get in a boat with me, guess what? You in there for me for eight hours when we take off. Y'all smell what I'm cooking? Y'all smell it yet? Unless you're going to be like Jesus and you're going to walk on water? Y'all know where I'm going yet? That's right. You stuck with me for eight hours, baby. Guess what? I'm going to find out if you know the Lord. It's amazing when you just start talking about the Lord to somebody that don't know him. Oh, you ain't got to be this, you ain't got to beat the Bible down with a sledgehammer. You just start talking about God. Start sharing about the Lord. Watch what happens. You'll see them start fidgeting. They'll start changing the subject. And they start doing that. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen a dog when you hang a bloody dripping steak right in front of their mouth and it's out of their reach? They start slobbering because they want it. Put a lost person in front of me. I'm that pit bull slobbering over that steak, all right? <laughs> Honey, I start scratching, clawing, kicking dirt. I start, <laughs> I don't really do that. But I'm like, I love it. Why? Because I want at the end of that day, that person look at me and say, Brother Clay, if you can live for Jesus, I need him too. I want him. Guys, I don't believe in going around and slamming the Bible down somebody's throat with a sledgehammer. Why? Because that's, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus loved, Jesus taught, and Jesus was an example. And Jesus loved on people. I'm going to say this as we land this big ship today. I had a gentleman many years ago come up to me at a tournament. I didn't share this with the first group. God didn't let in my spirit. This gentleman come up to me. He said, um, Brother, I'm your partner for tomorrow. I said, all right, good deal. He says, all right, turn around and walked off. My, brother, my mama looked at me. She was traveling with me. She said, boy, she said, he seems like a nice guy. I said, mama, he's in good hands with Allstate. He just don't know it yet. Next morning, he showed up. This gentleman was about mid-60s tall, slender gentleman. Shows up to my boat that morning. He starts grumbling and complaining about his back hurting. And this, that, and other. He said, brother Clay, I owe you an apology. I was rude to you yesterday. He said, I didn't shake your hand or nothing. It's all I wanted to do was go get on my pain pills, get my back to quit hurting. I said, brother, I said, you ain't got to apologize to me. At that time, the gentleman sitting there, and he's grumbling under his breath. He said, dear God, give me the strength to make it through this day. I heard him. I turned around and looked at him. I said, brother, he will if you let him. Son, he snapped his head around, about snapped a vertebrae out of place. Looked at me like I had four heads or something. Looked at me like I was a holy rolling nut. I thought to myself, baby, I'm just getting started with you, brother. We got in the water that morning, and we got ready to idle out to take off. 
all these people were saying, hey, Clay, man, go get them. And he said, do you know everybody? I said, pretty much. Well, I'd let that get ready to take off. I looked out at him. I said, brother, I always pray before I take off. Would you like to pray with me? He started staring, and I started praying. As I started praying, he got done. Well, I got done praying. I said, amen. He was still staring at me. He looked at me, and he said, brother, he said, with all due respect, he said, you can save your breath. I'm an atheist. I looked at him, and I said, brother, I said, thank you for your honesty. To myself, I started praying. I said, God, this man's already admitted me that he's an atheist. I said, God, what can I do? God said two words. He said, be you. I said, do what, God? God said, be you. Love on him. Show him what, show him what I can do. Got there and got started fishing. The first place I pulled up on, I caught three or four, but it was all short. I measured them. I kissed them. I said, thank you, Lord. He looked at me like, you thank you, Lord, and he won't even keep. Well, I finally called a couple of keepers, and God said, give him your bait. Do what, God? God, I ain't got limits yet. God said, give him your bait. Only one I had like it. I said, God, come on now. God said, give him your lure. Yes, Lord. I went back there and cut my lure off, handed the guy, and the guy said, no, I don't want that. I said, no, really take it. He said, I looked at him, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, most of the time I would never cut my lure off and give it to a co angler unless I had a limit in the boat. I said, God loves you. He looked at me, tied the bait on. He made a few casts. Next thing I know, he catches one. Pastor Terry puts in the boat. He says, thank you, Lord. I looked back there, I thought, uh-huh, uh-huh. I thought, I heard that, Bubba. Every time he catches fish, thank you, Lord. We fished all through the day. At the end of the day, I pull up on this place where I caught about a six-pounder in practice. I told him, I said, if one of us catches this six-pounder, we'll win that, the big bass award today, about $3,000. I positioned the boat where me and him both could throw to it. First pitch I made down there, I put, the th I put the thump, I sat down on him, and it wasn't a six-pounder. It was about an eight or a nine. It was a giant. Well, I'm trying to get the boat up there to him, and the boat slip wasn't quite as wide as this aisle is. I started up in there wide open on the trolling motor trying to get to him. And my boat didn't fit, and all I heard was, <laughs> I looked out, and I was like, <laughs> scratch fiberglass. I said, fiberglass will be fixed. I get up in there, and I'm trying to get this fish out, and I couldn't get to him. That gentleman runs up there, and he said, Mr. Clay, I got the net. And he's reaching out, trying to get him in the net. The fish tears loose, I don't catch him. I had to break my line. I looked down at my clock, and I realized I didn't have time to retie another bait or anything to get this fish to bite again. I had to strap my rods down. I had about a 50-minute run back to the ramp. I said, brother, I'm sorry, but we got to go. We're going to be late. I strapped my rods down. I run wide open about 50 miles back to the weigh-in. As Ryan let in, he looked over me, and he said, brother, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, sir. He said, when you lost that big fish a while ago, he said, why didn't you curse, get mad, break something, or whatever? I looked at him, I said, brother, I said, many years ago before I knew the Lord, I would do that. I said, but I've got God now. And I said, I realize that getting all mad and all throwing a temper tantrum, that's all it does is make things worse. I said, God's got a plan. And I said, I know that. And I'm all right with it. And he said, okay, thank you. Didn't say nothing else. We get up there to the way in. We get down weighing in. He comes over to my chair. And he comes, it's like July. And I see water running down his face. I thought he was sweating. I looked up and I said, Pastor, I said, buddy, you okay? He starts shaking and he grabs a hold of my chair. He pulls his glasses up and his eyes are just welled up in tears. He looked at me and he said, Brother Clay, I need you to do me a favor with me. I said, yes, sir. He said, I need you to pray with me. I grabbed a hold of him. He just fell on me. He went to bawling and weeping. 
He cried. We both cried. He slung snot and tears. I did too. I prayed with him. Guys, don't say, why me? Say, God, let's go. God, we got this. There I was fishing all day. Did I win a check? Nope. Did I win that tournament? Nope. When I left that way in, knowing that what I'd done, what God had called me to do, I didn't care that I didn't have a check. I didn't care that it just cost me $3,000 to fish the event. I didn't get a check. I didn't care that, that I didn't have a limit. I didn't care that I didn't win nothing. I rode home praising God because I knew there was one more soul that was not going to go to hell. For you mothers out here today, I want to challenge you this morning and just ask you, or for you out here that may not have a child yet, but you want to be a mother, trust God. And don't say, why me? Trust Him. For those of you that are mothers, maybe your child is, is, is trying to go down the wrong road. And you're wondering, are you being a good mother? Well, let me tell you something. The victory to everything, the key to victory is through Jesus. Maybe you're that mother that you've been to church your whole life. Maybe you've heard the gospel preached many times, but you've still tried to do it on your own. Well, let me tell you something. If you want victory, it all comes through Jesus, through that relationship with him. So with every head bowed real quick, every eye closed, come on up, Pastor Terrell. Nobody looking around except me and Pastor. Maybe if you came into the sanctuary this morning, you don't know Jesus. You've never prayed to ask Christ in your heart. I'm about to lead you through the sinner's prayer. If you need that relationship with Jesus and you desire that, just pray to yourself what I'm going to pray out loud. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross at Calvary. I believe that you shed your blood for my sins. Lord Jesus, will you please come into my heart, cleanse me of my sins, so that I can have that relationship with you in that home in heaven forever. Father God, I pray and I thank you for every soul that's entered the doors of Freedom Church this morning. Father God, I pray for every soul that just prayed that prayer. That souls that have been won into your kingdom that a devil's hell will never get. Father God, I pray that you manifest your, your presence in each and every one of those souls that just prayed that prayer. That you bless them with strength, with love, with courage, with wisdom, with boldness. And God, we're going to be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and glory for what you've already done for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. While every head is still bowed and every eye is still closed, right where you're at, we're not going to make fun of you. We want to celebrate with you. If you just prayed and you just asked Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, real quick, just slip up your hand right where you're at. Could be anybody. I see that hand over there. God bless you for your honesty. May God bless you. Would it be anybody else? We don't want to leave anyone out. Go ahead and open your eyes if you would. Ladies and gentlemen, I know how we would all celebrate if our favorite team won a national championship. I know how we need to celebrate when there's a, when there's a soul won into God's kingdom. 
and there was a soul one into God's kingdom this morning. Let's show them our love and let's celebrate with them. Come on, there we go. God bless you all. Thank you for being here this morning. I pray that something that God has led me to share this morning has blessed your heart. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Pastor, come on, brother. All right. All right. Thank you, Clay. All right. God bless each of you for being here. And I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to really lift the proof off this place for the Lord Jesus Christ yes. and for our brother in the Lord. going to go into a time of giving and I want to say thank you for that. Got something very special so do not take off. Something very special for all of the moms here today. So if you would right now we, uh, we're thankful to be able to give back to God as God has prospered us and so we're thankful to do that. Prepare your hearts for that. Those of you can be able to give electronically on the app. You can do it out on the kiosk. You can do it on our website. You can also do it tangibly with the ushers as you leave today. So thank you for your faithful giving of that. And I'm going to pray over that in just a moment. But something I want to do right now, it's very important. Last week, we talked about how that we have uh, a newcomer's dessert coming up two weeks from today. It'll be on Sunday afternoon over here at, in front of the coffee house. And it will be at 4 o'clock. Now, I think I started it with you last week, but we had a glitch in electronics, go figure. But if you would, if you're here and you've been here a while and you'd like to get to Inside Scoop to Freedom Church, Shannon and I would love to share that with you. And that time together is called a newcomer's dessert. It'll be at 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, two weeks from today, on the 22nd. So they're going to put a QR code up there. All you got to do is sign up with that. Even if you did it last week, there was a glitch in it. Go ahead and sign up again. If you don't do QR codes, that's fine. Just take a card out of the back of the seat, connection card, and put your name on there, Newcomer's Dessert, and your phone number. We'll follow up with you. But go ahead and do that right now. Also, if you're here today and you gave your life to Christ, those of you that lifted your hands, please let us know that on a card. We'll follow up with you because this is not the end. This is just the beginning, and we want to be able to answer your questions and be able to be sure that you know the decision that you made and follow up, and we're going to help you on your journey with Christ. Most important, if you're here and you're brand new today, we call you VIPs because you are a very important person because we love you and Jesus does too. So I'd like to ask you to take a connection card out of the seat and fill that out if you would. Take it out the info desk and give it to them to commemorate your time here today. We're going to give you a gift to just saying thank you for coming and hope and pray that you'll give us a three-peat. That is, give us at least three times to come and check out Freedom Church and make sure this can be the family for you. Now, also, with that being said, I am going to um, pray over the offering right now. And if you'll join me in prayer, then we're going to do something very special. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we praise you and thank you for this day. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for the word that you brought through Clay's life. We thank you for the lives that have been changed for your glory and honor for which you're